Welcome to Healthcare Highwire, where we balance business with healthcare. Sandy has served as Director of Clinical Operations, Clinical Compliance Specialist, and Director of Nursing Services. She joined LCS in 2013, where she is the Director of Clinical Services for our life plan communities. Today's host, Sandy Toole. Jennifer is the ANCC Accredited Provider Program Director and Mock Surveyor in the Health Services Division at LCS. She oversees the Life Care Services Accredited Provider Unit, which plans, develops, and executes ANCC Accredited Nursing Continuing Professional Development Education. Today's speaker, Jennifer Williams-Land. Hello, everybody. Today, we are going to discuss the new Phase 3 Requirements of Participation. I'm Sandy Toole, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Jennifer Williams-Land. Just as a reminder, Phase 3 went into effect in 2019 with no surveyor interpretive guidance. And then, if you recall, on June 29th of this year, CMS did release the surveyor guidance, which is scheduled to begin on October 24th, 2022. And it is our goal to just help you better understand these changes and um, help you be prepared for these rules when they roll out October 24th. Each podcast, we're going to showcase one of the changes taking place, and today we're talking about resident rights. Hi there, Jennifer. Welcome aboard, and thank you for being here. Hey, Sandy. It's good to be uh, with you today and uh, with our listeners, and um, to be able to um, answer some questions about the Phase 3 ROP changes. Together, we're going to work through each area and have a better understanding and preparation for that October 24th uh, deadline. Sounds good. Would you like to recap for our listeners what they can expect from this new series of podcasts? Absolutely. Um, Each podcast is going to cover one of the 14 areas with phase three changes. We will utilize information that's provided to us from CMS, ACA, and Leading Age. And as always, we reference the State Operations Manual, Appendix PP, to provide for you the same information that your state surveyors use when they come in to do the survey. And I would advise that you download the SOM and follow along to get the most complete information. Well, as we said today, we're going to talk about resident rights. And this includes tags F557, F561, F563, and F582. We have seen just a few revisions here. So, Jen, can you describe those tags and the revisions that have occurred? Certainly. Um, F557 states that the resident has a right to be treated with respect and dignity. Pretty straightforward. Um, F561 states a resident has the right to self-determination, and that includes the right to choose activities, schedules, health care providers, and be a part of their care plan. The resident has the right to make choices regarding aspects that are important to them. The resident has the right to interact with others, participate in community activities, and participate in other activities that do not interfere with the rights of other residents. F-563 states that the resident has a right to receive visitors of their own choosing and when they choose. They also have the right to deny visitors. F-582 states the facility must inform Medicaid-eligible residents of items and services that are included and items and services that are not. They are to inform of any changes to those items and services. 
residents are to be informed of Medicare items and services that are or are not covered as well. The facility must refund the resident or representative any and all refunds due to the resident within 30 days from the resident's date of discharge from the facility. The terms of an admission contract by or on behalf of an individual seeking admission to the facility must not conflict with the requirements of the regulation. Well, okay. Well, with these new definitions and requirements, how do you think this has changed the guidance to the surveyors? Okay. Well, I'll take each one in turn. So let's start with um, F557. Additional guidance was added related to the need for uh, resident or, if applicable, the resident's representative's consent for staff searches of a resident's body or personal possessions. Language was added pertaining to the expectation that facility staff should have knowledge of signs, symptoms, and triggers of possible substance use, such as changes in a resident's behavior, increased unexplained drowsiness, lack of coordination, slurred speech, mood changes, and uh, maybe a loss of consciousness, etc. Additionally, if the facility determines illegal substances have been brought into the facility by a visitor, the facility should not act as an arm of law enforcement. Rather, these cases may warrant a referral to local law enforcement. If during the investigation concerns arise that are related to the identification of risk and the provision of supervision to prevent accidental overdose, you then need to refer to F-689, which is accidents. For F-561, the focus relates to when a facility wants to change from a smoking to a non-smoking facility. The facility should allow current residents who smoke to continue smoking in an area that maintains the quality of life for these residents and also takes into account non-smoking residents. Residents admitted after the facility changes its policy must be informed of the policy at the time of admission. For F-563, additional guidance related to denying access or providing supervised visitation to individuals who have a history of bringing illegal substances into the facility. Information related to visitation during communicable disease outbreaks was also added to the guidance. Facilities may need to modify their visitation practices when there are infectious outbreaks or pandemics to align with current CMS guidance and CDC guidance that enables maximum visitation. Um, Also was added language pertaining to the expectation that facility staff should have knowledge of signs, symptoms, and triggers of possible substance use after interaction with visitors or when they come back from a leave of absence, such as if the uh, there's a change in the re- uh, resident's behavior, increased unexplained drowsiness, lack of coordination, slurred speech, mood changes, loss of consciousness. So we've said that before, but we're saying it again because it is something very important we need to be um, mindful of. Additionally, if the facility determines illegal substances have been brought into the facility by the visitor, we want to stress again you do not act as a law enforcement arm. You would refer that to your uh, local law enforcement. Okay, so basically um, there was also added language that was uh, related to the need for resident or resident representation's consent for staff searches of the resident's body or personal belongings. For F582, CMS has simplified the content related to the NOMNIC, so that's the Notice of Medicare Non-Coverage, and as well as the skilled nursing facility advanced beneficiary notice of non-coverage form. A lot of words to, to talk about a little form. 
The level of detail in the previous version of the guidance created a lack of clarity, and it seemed unnecessary. Okay, well, it looks like you might be saying, so here's just some potential deficiencies that might happen with these F tags. I I think I heard you say with F557, um, that one seems uh, pretty clear that a facility who uh, fails to treat residents with respect and, and dignity would certainly expect a deficiency there. That's really not a change for us. Right. And some examples could even be, you know, residents and families uh, being discouraged from bringing in personal items or refusing that resident to retain their personal belongings. Um, and then that new element added that you spoke of uh, that says you cannot search the resident or their personal possessions without their consent. Um, I think that's a good one, Jen, a good, a good uh, addition to the rules there. Then uh, I think you talked about F-561, and, uh, you know, again, I don't think this is a real change here. We've got some noncompliance that uh, could occur if you're not giving the resident the opportunity to choose activities of interest or maybe imposing set bedtimes or uh, times to get up and not affording them uh, the opportunity to choose if they want a bath or a shower or what time of day. Again, I don't think that's a, a big change for us. Um, let's see, then you talked about F-563, which is that visitation um, tag. And, you know, I think we saw a lot of changes again when COVID hit. We this, this has been just an ongoing conversation about allowing visitation, even during those communicable disease outbreaks. Of course, we know we have to adhere to the core principles of infection control but I think putting language into F-563, allowing for that visitation uh, during these times. And Jen, you and I were talking just a few minutes ago about how critically important it has been to our elderly to be able to maintain good, positive mental health and be able to have that visitation from families. Um, you did bring up something I think, again, goes back to the opioid crisis that we are facing in the nation, um, allowing facilities to provide supervised visits if you have a suspicion that someone has brought in illegal substances or a reason to suspect that, that will give you an opportunity to provide um, supervision during visitation. Um, so I think, again, probably a good a good addition to the tag there. And then finally, you talked about F582, which is a deficiency, which is um, uh, the F tag that provides a deficiency if you fail to provide that information regarding charges and services and refunds on resident discharges. Uh, this, of course, is not new. We've, uh, we've been faced with that all along. Um, but you will see a deficiency if we don't provide those beneficiary liability notices in a timely manner, and uh, it needs to contain the required information. And it's that big mouthful of, um, <laughs> you yes. know, the uh, nom knock and the sniff ABN. We're not going to say the whole big word. It's huge, <laughs> uh, but I think we all know it as nom knock and sniff ABN. Again, not a really big change, but as you pointed out, it's more or less just a simplification of the notification form with just some added language. Whew. Okay, Jen, I think that about <laughs> sums it up. 
Um, How can we help communities get into compliance with these new revisions? What are we going to do here? Okay. Well, I will say you mentioned several times that that there wasn't much of a change, and that's good news for our listeners because they have been on the ball with all of this. I think the only new thing really is about that uh, supervised visitation and not being able to check without consent. I don't think any of our listeners have been checking anybody without consent, but that is a guidance for the surveyors. What we're going to do is we're going to have new guidance forms with action item checklists for each of these new areas. So for resident rights, the following action items that will assist you in survey readiness uh, would be infection control, Uh, Some of those action items include examining your existing policies and process on resident rights, educating the staff on any changes to policy and process changes, and educating the staff um, on their role if it is suspected that a resident or a visitor has brought in illegal substances. It's important to really um, drive home the point to staff that they don't need to act as, as law enforcement, that they just you know, they take their concerns to their supervisor, and then that would go to local law enforcement. As we stated earlier, uh, we are here to provide the most up-to-date information and to provide tools to assist you. The guidance forms with the action item checklist will get you ready prior to the October 24th deadline. Well, thank you. Once again, I think this is a good start on understanding the changes with resident rights. And as we mentioned earlier, Uh, When we learn more or as CMS makes any additional changes in these regulations, um, of course, we're going to continue to provide that information through these podcasts, but also through our email reminders. Thank you so much for joining us today for this continuing series of podcasts um, outlining the changes and guidance for requirements of participation. I hope you found this discussion to be beneficial. And I hope you will continue to join us as we discuss more of the changes in the upcoming weeks. Jennifer, thank you so very much. I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, Sandy. It's been wonderful being here with you and the listeners, and I look forward to the next time. Thank you to you all. This is Sandy Toole and Jennifer Williams-Lamb signing off. I hope you join us again next time on Healthcare Highwire.